Hey guys, welcome to Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. My name is Luis. And I'm Scott. Welcome to today's podcast. Let's get started. Hey listeners, welcome to this episode. This week is part two of our interview with our good friend Brian Johnson from the Kansas City Underground. During this episode, we talk about discipleship being surrendered to Jesus as Lord, global disciple-making movements, church form and function, and the Kansas City Underground's missionary pathway. There's a lot to this episode. So as we jump in, we will pick up with Brian talking about how discipleship must be surrendered to Jesus as Lord. Thanks for listening to part two of our interview with Brian Johnson. We say we're decentralized because we look at every individual person and we believe Ephesians 2 says we're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works he planned for us long ago. That means I have a masterpiece mission. You have a masterpiece mission. And we want to look at every believer and go submit your life to Jesus as Lord. Submit every area of your life to Jesus as Lord. And then as he calls you to enter in, incarnate the gospel into a pocket of people, you surrender even the way you make disciples to Jesus as Lord. And so we don't have a way, right, that you have to do microchurch or a way that you have to make disciples, except to say we want to help every person submit to Jesus as Lord and learn to hear his voice and respond in obedience. Decentralization means we empower at the margins and the edges to keep pushing further and further out. And we give you a very small set of principles and practices around missionary rhythms and around submission to Jesus as Lord. And we go, you know what? Jesus is way better at this than we are. So by all means, go be missionally creative. Um. And this whole thing of at the center, you know, drawing people to the center, and Jesus is at the center. Right. And we talked about that That's in one of a our previous values, yeah. episode, and um, go listen to that if you haven't. But that idea is central to what people know as church, but is definitely central to missional communities, micro churches, simple churches. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask a question and kind of get your input here, Brian. Why do you think the expression of church is shifting? Um, it seems like there's a pioneering movement. Um, you guys are a part of it, the KC Underground, that the micro church model of church in America, at least, let's not go too big, but here in America, is becoming more popular, is becoming more of a thing. Well, why do you think the shift is happening now? Um, and what do you think the spirit? The Holy Spirit wants to do in 2021 and maybe you know, into the future here with this uh, form of church, if you will. Good question. Yeah, you know, I'd say it is just in the West, though, because most mm. of the rest of the world outside of the Western context, they don't have this issue. Right. That's true. You know, that's true. So why were we so slow? <laughs> because we're because we're an individualistic uh and and centered Mm. around uh hyper individualism yeah so 
when you look at the narrative of all of scripture is communal, mm. you know, like just let this mess with you a little bit. It's not my father who art in heaven. Hallowed be Let's go. Name. Let's go. It's our father. Yes. Mm. Even, even the prayer he taught us to pray is not individualistic, but our salvation mm. has been individualized. Jesus came to save you. I mean, yeah, sort of. I mean, you know, I'm not denying that. Don't ever hear me say that. But, like, he came to save us. He came to save a people unto himself. All of Ephesians, I've been working through Ephesians so much lately. It's our, our. Like, Jesus uh, reconciled both groups and made in himself one new people. Like it's all a communal idea, right? So mm-hmm. um, we're slow because of our filters. It's the ocean we swim in. We we have such a hard time. Our family systems in the West are deconstructed. Um, they're not just deconstructed, they're fractured and disintegrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me, if I can though, I wanna, I wanna challenge the question a little bit. Sure um and maybe reframe a little bit when we launched we were like man we want to see 21,000 micro churches like let's like we're crazy you know and we think to saturate Kansas City with the beauty justice and good news of Jesus we need 21,000 micro churches well everything about our language was how do you start a micro church how do you launch a micro church how do you plant a micro church why because we came out of church planting and we realized about six months in, we were using the wrong language. Mm. So one of the guys on our team, his name's Corey, he's invested in disciple making movements globally. And um, there we're currently tracking about 1300 movements around the world right now. And a, and a movement is defined as um, disciple-making out to the fourth generation. So 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, mm-hmm. I, Paul, gave to you Timothy, who gave it to other responsible people who gave it to others. That's four generations, Paul, Timothy, responsible people, others. So a movement is defined as fourth-generation multiplication on multiple streams. So like we're, we're multiplying to the fourth generation, at least on two streams, if not three, four, five, whatever. I cannot remember the number, but I think each of these movements, the minimum number or the average number, excuse me, is around 65,000 people up to like 1.2 million. This is crazy, like wide range. It's weird. Um, but like 1300 movements globally, right? And what Corey began to challenge us on was, uh, I mean, he's fully on quote unquote staff with our mission agency, helping people do this stuff. And he's going, guys, um, you know, you're focused on the form of church, not the function. And we were like, what? He said, the form that you're aiming for is microchurch. And it's beautiful. I believe in it because our definition of a microchurch is an extended spiritual family that lives in everyday gospel community. They're led by ordinary people. They own the mission of Jesus in a network of relationships. And he said, you're focusing on the form. The form is the house. 
The function of the church is to multiply disciples. Our job, our function is to multiply disciples. You're focused on the outcome of what happens when we multiply disciples. So what you want to see is microchurches, but to get that, you got to go make disciples. You can't start churches. Yeah. Right? Because our our identity, our, our definition is that church is an identity, an extended spiritual family. It's an identity, not an activity. It's a people, not a place. Mm. You, if, if church is an identity and you want to start a church, that means you took a bunch of Christians and you put them together. And we were like, no, that's not what we want to do. We want to impact lostness in our city. Mm. And so, you know, his language was like, we have to focus on disciple making. And so it was important for us to reframe and go, you know what? The reason the church is probably in decline in the West is mostly because we focused on the form of church, mm. which is that weekend expression and quote unquote church growth strategies, which meant how do we get more Christians in our building? We're doing the sheep shift. Mm. <laughs> They're moving from other churches and coming to our place, right? Transfer growth. And so our idea was like, okay, we've got to focus on disciple making, which will lead to micro churches. Now, when we look at these global movements, guess what? They don't talk about micro churches. Why don't they talk about it? Because the ocean that they swim in is communal. Mm -hmm. The ocean they swim in is extended spiritual family. We're the ones that don't live multi-generationally. We're the ones that don't connect with cousins and with aunts and uncles. Much of the rest of the world does live in this like multi-generational, multi-like demographic communal sort of living. And so that's what we began to explore was like, okay, around the world, they don't talk about how they form microchurches because they're making disciples within actual extended spiritual families. These people already live that way. Right. In the West, we have to recreate family. Mm -hmm. So that's why we as the underground focus so much on family rhythms, the life of the family, because here's the deal. We don't want to be those people that go, let's do a disciple-making movement. And all we really did was create a bunch of orphan disciples. Mm. So our language is we're, we're often broken in a family and we're healed in a family. When we make disciples, we want to see microchurches emerge in the same way. We don't want to just go, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Check this box. Boom, done. Uh, no, we want we want spiritual mothers and fathers yeah. who give themselves away to their children, not not for themselves, but for the sake that their children would be raised up to create new extended spiritual families yeah. who would give themselves away to other people. And it's it's within that framework that we exist. And I, we're slow because we're individualized and we're we're not really good at family in the West. And and you know. COVID exposed our event planning for what it was. And <laughs> we're in a That's new good. space where people are recognizing I'm lonely. Yeah. And that hour a week is not actually enough to fulfill my longing for belonging. Mm -hmm. And I have needs for belonging on multiple levels, right? Jesus existed with a three. 
everybody talks about the 12, but the truth is Jesus spent way more time with Peter, James, and John than he did with anybody else. The other nine disciples didn't go on the Mount of Transfiguration. The other nine disciples didn't go in when he raised the little girl from the dead. The other nine disciples didn't get invited deeper into the garden. Peter, James, and John did. So believe what you want, but I think Jesus trusted them just a little bit more. But Jesus existed with his 12 too. He had deep love for them. He believed in them. Yeah. But you know what? The 72, these people don't get a bunch of credit. They get two verses. <laughs> you know, Jesus sent out the 72. Six verses later, it says, the 72 came back and they rejoiced at what they saw. <laughs> you know, but like when you like spend some time on that, it's like, man, the 72 were equipped enough to go proclaim the gospel, cast out demons and heal the sick. They must have spent some pretty good time with Jesus to trust him enough to go do those things. Yeah. yeah. Jesus existed with the crowds. So we need to create our lives in such a way that we have our three, our 12, our 72, and our crowds. And not plate spin, but integrate those worlds. Man, such good stuff. Um, What I'm sensing is, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, the question, you know, talked about like why you know, are more and more people open to the idea of doing church in this way? Um, and maybe what what's happening here is that the uh, Spirit is exposing folks' need for community, folks' need for a family, like uh, Pete Scazzaro talks about the new family of Jesus, you know, um, and, and how you know, just showing up and looking at the back of the heads of a bunch of people in the same room is probably not cutting it. And dude, we are not, you know, anti-prevailing model. We know that Jesus is doing some really cool things, even among some of those folks. And that we, I mean, I served in the prevailing model for, you know, almost 12 years, you know, myself. And, and so, but, but Jesus is doing something new. And like you mentioned it earlier, new wine for you know, and, and new wineskins are needed, you know, um, as we, you know, begin to kind of land the plane here and kind of wrap, wrap things up here, you guys have developed a couple of different things. And one of the things that we look at, you know, is this missionary pathway that you guys have. Um, and maybe you can, you know, you can do the abbreviated version, maybe have you back on the, on the podcast sometime down the road so we can unpack that, just that, because it's just that good. But maybe if you could talk a little bit about the missionary pathway. Um, so I think it would be a blessing to our, to our hearers. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, the missionary pathway is, again, because we're focused on disciple-making movements um, and more about how do we multiply disciples Microchurch is just the form of the church that houses those new disciples that are made uh, to try to make some clarity of the rambling I just went through. Um, When we focus on disciple-making movements globally and historically, we see a pattern emerge. And guess what? It started with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So really quick, there's five phases to the missionary pathway. Uh, The first phase is extraordinary prayer and fasting. How did Jesus do this? Before he begins his ministry, the spirit led him into the wilderness. You know what? Just go meditate on that passage for a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's a little weird. The spirit led him into the wilderness. It says the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. (laughs) Like like the, the spirit was not afraid to tempt himself. I don't know what that means, right? 
Um, but it's so beautiful that like before Jesus begins, he empties himself completely to say, not my will, but yours be done. So he spends 40 days praying and fasting. And then all through his life, he's praying. Like the next three years, he's got this crowd of people ready to be healed and ministered to. And he's off somewhere praying by himself. And the disciples find him and they're like, hey, dude, we need you to come back over here. There's a bunch of people that need to be healed. And he says, we need to go to the next town. You know what? I'm going to pause and build my mega church in that moment, <laughs> but not Jesus, right? He moves on and he's always saying this. I can only say what I hear my father saying. Come on. How does he know that? Because he spent time praying and listening. So we teach people uh, in the first phase, extraordinary prayer and fasting. Jesus, where are you at work? Jesus, how can I join you? And then we'd listen. Phase two, let me hit pause real quick. We came up with a missionary pathway by stealing it from movement leaders in East Africa. So we didn't make it up. We wow. borrowed it from actual global church planters who are multiplying disciples in these movements. Yeah. And they're like, this, ha this is true for the Moravians. This is true for the Celtic missionaries. Uh, this is true for what's happening in the, uh, the underground church in Southeast Asia. All movements are preceded by prayer and fasting. The disciples Amen. in the upper room, yeah. right? Yeah, it was, before it's a disciple-making movement, it's a prayer movement. That's what we're learning. Yeah. And then secondly, it's a training movement. Mm. So phases two and three are about training. So phase two is after I begin in prayer, I discover to whom Jesus has sent me. Phase two is live like a missionary. Find persons of peace. Jesus said, go door to door until you find the person of peace. When you find that person, stay there. Eat what they feed you. Receive their hospitality. Let them open their network to you. Uh, and so we teach people missionary rhythms of bless. Right? People live like a missionary. Phase three is plant the gospel. So as we plant the gospel, we use a simple discovery method, an obedience-based method called discovery Bible studies. These 1,300 movements around the world, there's one tool at the center, Discovery Bible Studies. We're not lecture-based. We're not high teaching-based. We're discovery-based. We want people to discover Jesus on their own and then respond in obedience. Um, and, and, and again, we're not like knowledge-based. We're obedience-based. Knowledge isn't changing the game. We all have a bunch of knowledge about Jesus. It's how we become obedient to it. So extraordinary prayer and fasting, phase two, live like a missionary, phase three, we plant the gospel through tools like discovery Bible study, through gospel fluency language. How do we help people understand the good news and the everyday stuff of life? When we do that, those three things, right? We're praying for people. We're incarnating the gospel among them. We're uh, planting the gospel, phase three, plant the gospel. We make disciples. When we make disciples, because church is an identity, not an activity, the microchurches emerge out of that. So phase four is microchurch emerges. We train around healthy rhythms, right? Families do things. Mm -hmm. You know, every Thursday sure. night in our yes. house, we make pizza. I get up Thursday mornings, I make pizza dough. Thursday night, we make pizza. We watch Harry Potter movies. That's what we do every Thursday. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, that's a rhythm we have. When we break it, it feels weird, right? To go back to predictable patterns. Yeah, we want to teach it. people up, yep. in and out. So twice a month, at least twice a month with your extended spiritual family, study scripture together, share a meal and plan mission. Many of our micro churches, it's every week, but we're like at a minimum every other week, right? Yeah. Healthy rhythms. If you don't ever meet to study scripture, you're probably not a family. Base uh, or so up in would be like connect to the hub. Make sure you're connected to our decentralized network so you're not floating off into the ether, right? So get with a coach, come to an equipping gathering. Um, and then out is at least twice a month, throw a party or serve the people in your network, right? So every big holiday in our neighborhood, people know there's going to be a party over there, right? Next weekend, big crawfish boil in our neighborhood. We got people signing up, right? Um, so we create these rhythms. And then phase five is multiplication. Uh, but we actually say multiplication is not just the end. Multiplication is actually built in all the way across the board. So we want to multiply prayer and fasting. We want to multiply missionaries living the gospel. We want to multiply discovery groups in every nook and cranny of our city. And we want to multiply microchurches. Multiplication is not really just a phase. It invades everything. But I'll say this, at the heart of the missionary pathway is not just a strategy at the heart of it. Like if you were to think about like, so if you're a listener listening to this, you can't see me moving my hands around, right? But it's, we say it's not a, a straight line, it's a circle, right? Phase one is a circle at the top, mm. phase two is a circle. So think about a clock, you got these phases. Yeah. At yeah. the center of that clock, making everything go is Jesus is Lord. Yep. It's a radical commitment to Jesus as Lord. Yes. Wow. Thank you for doing that. And maybe what we'll do, Brian, uh, is kind of link um, the missionary pathway uh, here in, in the description for our listeners so that they can just lay some eyes on this. So much, so, so much good stuff. Yeah. Um, thank you, Brian. We appreciate you hopping onto the podcast with us. And this is the first episode that we have with you. And with anyone from the Kansas City Underground, so you, you know, you're privileged in that space. You'll forever be the first person from KC on this podcast. The privilege you have. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as we wrap up here, are there any closing parting thoughts that you have um, and anything you'd want to speak into the life of the Simple Church Collective here in Washington? And then, and then to finish that. Where can people learn more about the Kansas City Underground? Maybe follow you, follow Rob Wagner. Um, yeah, just point them to, to following you guys. Yeah, I mean, just connecting-wise, you can check out kcunderground.com or .org, and uh, either one of those should take you there. You can check out missionarypathway.com. That's a seven-week huddle if you're interested in just learning more about it. It's seven weeks of content of learning how to do those things. Um, I just felt like Jesus say, just keep saying Jesus is Lord. Yeah. It's a, it's a we say it's a, and you know, cause we've been coached by Alan Hirsch. It's a three word worldview. It, and, and when we say that a three word worldview, it means that I see everything through that lens of Jesus as Lord. 
uh, this is not a, a new righteousness. Um, but it means like when I choose to turn Netflix on and I'm about to watch this show, I got to ask, does it pass my filter of Jesus as Lord? When I'm about to make this big purchase or this small purchase, I have to ask, is this about Jesus as Lord? When I choose to hold power or empower others, I have to ask, is this about Jesus as Lord? And it all comes back to, you know, 2 Corinthians 4. Go spend some time in that passage. We don't preach ourselves. We preach Jesus as Lord. Mm -hmm. The end of Romans 11, for from him, through him, and to him are all things. We love for from him. We get a little bit nervous about through him. To him gets more difficult. But it's all about saying, Jesus, you have full authority over every decision. And as much as I bend my life towards the people that you've sent me to, I'm going to bend my life towards you. Because as I bend my life towards Jesus, he's going to help me bend my life towards these people. It won't be a question. It won't be a question anymore. Should we invite people to our table? And, and spend our money on our neighbors. Why wouldn't you? They're your family. Right. So I just breathe that into you, you know, just to, to every day return to that, like, and again, not working for it, not trying to prove to him, you're Lord, you're Lord, you know, not, not the grape trying to be a bigger grape, <laughs> you know? but allowing the vine just to press his love into us and like, Return to your first love and allow that to be uh, the filter through which everything else flows. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.